Tinder. Tinder is how we met. So I like you, but I want to like also hook up with other people. And are you open to that? If not, this may not work out. Like when I started experimenting with it more, I realized that I wasn't any less attracted to you. It was just that I was less stressed all the time about like preserving my affection for one person. This episode of Finton Lives With, I'm talking to Seth Tack, who I was in a relationship with for two months, a polyamorous relationship. So we're going to talk about all of that funky jazz. All right, let's just dive right into this specially intimate episode of Finton Lives With. We are sitting in Rock Creek State Park. This is where I used to run. As a youth, my first year in college, way back when we would do our Sunday long runs, hungover as hell, 12 miles around this park, I'd usually be completely dead by the end of it. But I'm here with someone who I did not know that time, but recently just met, actually probably like only two months ago, would you say? Yeah, two Two months months ago. My name is Seth Tack. I'm a sophomore vocal performance major at Drake University. Uh, and yeah, I basically just want to sing opera for a living. So how did we meet? Tinder. Tinder is how we met. Yeah, I was about to leave for a choir tour and, um, a lot of people match on Tinder, but I don't really meet a whole lot of them and you were very bored, uh, because you'd just gotten to Des Moines. Did I say that to you or are you just recalling? You, you said that to me. So, um, yeah, we met at the Mars Cafe. Right. And I remember that initial conversation and thinking like, ah, you know, Seth is cool, but, uh, it just did, it it didn't, in that moment, it didn't really spark for me. I think like I was, I was definitely intrigued by you, but it didn't really feel like it would go anywhere, but we're doing a podcast together and Seth didn't live with me. So I'm breaking the rules here a bit. But I think it's appropriate because of the experiences we've had together and my need to share them with the world here. I, I don't know, I feel like I've I've shared a lot of your ex- non-work-related experiences here in Des Moines. And I live in the sophomore dorm, so it's not like I could really live with anybody anytime soon. Seth's living situation is pretty... pretty um... Dare I say sad? Uh, well, <laughs> it's not. It's not. Sad. It's not your fault. You live with four, uh, three other people. Sorry, mm-hmm. and you don't have a door to your no. double. It's all connected. There's zero privacy. Yes. Like even less than a normal double. Yes. It, for instance, last night at two in the morning, uh, one of my roommates brought a hookup back. And had very loud sex in our doorless room. Wait, was that was this the roommate who's in your room? No, that roommate doesn't really spend a lot of time in the room, which is nice. So my side is fine, but it didn't matter. I heard <laughs> all of it. No shame, I guess. And and you haven't done that yet. There's there's been no sex in your bed, has there? No, there has not. I mean, I have resorted to car sex this year, uh, at least once. All right, let me let me move on. Um, we talked about how we met, so now let's let's go over expectations versus reality. Like, um, I sort of I sort of like hinted at like what I expected after the first official date, you could say. 
um, but I think it was after you came back and I don't remember when I saw you after that, like the first time, but, but then we started like hanging out more at like once a week at mm -hmm. first, I think. And recently two times a week. Oh yeah, my God. Maybe three. <laughs> maybe. Well, this actually this is the third time this week. So shit is real. You got real. And I'm, I'm even like not, I, I was living in an apartment all by myself and now it's gotten a little harder to have guests over, but we've made it work. I, I would say in my shared living situation, yeah. it's not as shared as Seth. So it's, mm -hmm. <laughs> there is, there is privacy for when we got to do the things we got to do, you know? Yes, I what I <laughs> the I Fenton has an actual real bed and a door. So yeah, that is ideal for me. How how did you um we had to have this interaction over text, I remember. Um cuz I put in my Tinder bio that I'm polyamorous and it's something I'm still figuring out how to do and we've had like you know, I've had some like hiccups with it for sure, just like communicating it and not feeling super comfortable with that. But I mean, we got, we got over all that yeah. and it, I think it, I would say it's, it's working well, but I mean, how, mm -hmm. how would you say you adapted to me sort of trying, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say experimenting cause I've like, it's been something that I've been doing for oh, a little bit before I met you, but it's still like very new to me. So how would you say you mm -hmm. had either adapted to that or like worked with it or whatever? For me, I just kind of had to, I had to embrace the, polyamory on my side of it as well as your side of it because I um early on I had some trouble with it because I had uh, like a lot of jealousy that I had to work through and like insecurities about like why would you really want to spend time with me if you could spend time with all these other people and when I like when I started like experimenting with it more I realized that I wasn't any less attracted to you. It was just that I was less stressed all the time about like reserving my affection for one person. Uh, and so I think it's, it's really just like changed the way that I think about relationships because I came into this thinking that it was going to be this super like avant-garde modernist relationship that I was never going to have again. And now I just feel like it's um, almost a better way of doing things. Yeah, and it sort of can sculpt your, your future relationships in a way, which is a cool thing. Like every, ever, I would say every time I've like dated someone, I've learned so damn much about like my abilities of also, you know, if I want to hook up with someone else, we talk about it. But I would say we're at the point where like we're totally cool doing it. And I mean, every... I would still say like even I dealt with jealousy when like you first brought up like oh hey you were like so nice about it like I'm gonna go hook up with this other person I'm like oh okay all right yeah yeah I'm like really? I need I, I mean at first it was like a little bit but it always hits me and then I I forget about it because I'm like I just go do something else I'm like whatever it's fine mm -hmm. it's like it's not like Seth's gonna run away from me or anything like that <laughs> like if that was even a fear of mine um but I mean, yeah. So even like, though I have like this experience with it, and I've like watched a lot of YouTube videos about how to do polyamory correctly and like all this, listen to podcasts and like just trying to figure it out. Cause there's still not many people I know that like make it work in the way that I want it to work. Um, it's been a lot of guesswork and I think we've like been able to be really open about it, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think with the first few, there were instances where we were kind of like putting in little jabs at like the other people's hookups. <laughs> like, I definitely got some, a little bit of like 
guilty satisfaction in that like it might not have been as stellar of an experience as you would have had with me but I've that that's gotten a lot better as it's gone on because that's like not healthy even though it's it's nice (laughs) yeah I mean it's it is it is nice I think because we have this stronger emotional emotional bond it's it's been it makes you more desirable to me almost like when I'm having these other encounters with people or even just flirting with someone else yeah I feel I feel like the intimacy is like so much deeper because I experience varying levels of intimacy and not just one I used to spend a lot of my time worrying that I would like miss opportunities for intimacy I definitely went through that probably with the person before I met you who wasn't very receptive about um polyamory and like and but that was sort of my fault because I wasn't upfront about it at the at the beginning and we didn't meet on tinder we met in real life so there wasn't really a great opportunity to be like hey so I like you but I want to like also hook up with other people and are you open to that if not this may not work out um we had that conversation a little late in the game and so it got I'm still good friends with this person but it we went through some like pretty intense roller coasters of emotion and and separation and it was yeah because I didn't sort of lay that out I think the word polyamory has really helped because it implies that it's a little bit more sophisticated than if you if you just like rather hook up with people than jack off like it's not just a like a primal act of like sexual impulse it's it's actually just like running your scope of people you that have intimacy with sex have sex with <laughs> sex yes yeah and um even like just last night i i didn't tell you this yeah but i changed my tinder ratio or distance t- changed my tinder distance limit to 100 miles because yeah. i was like oh my god i'm i'm not reaching anyone on tinder these days and i'm just on dinner like to me anyone like artists that I could follow on Instagram that are local or like potential people I could just hang out with like whatever I it's I'm not setting any like expectations on that or hookups whatever and I was messaging this one person who was only three miles away but wasn't showing up before so I don't know fuck tinder about on that but we are probably gonna like have a quote-unquote date on Sunday maybe and I don't like I don't foresee myself wanting to have any sexual encounters with this person Mm -hmm. it's like not someone I physically like from what I can tell you never actually know find like that attractive yeah but I'm just like oh you're you're like have an interesting story in your bio like I just want to like have a conversation with you and like I don't know see where things go not knowing that like I'm in Iowa for like one more week and all all that other nonsense that I'm dealing with currently with my work situation so maybe that's a good uh, transition um because I remember we had this I like sort of dropped the news on you in a like really bad time it was like after we had been hanging out for a night I was like you know I may not be here forever like I I I've enjoyed this so much but I have um like after this month I just don't have work here and there's not any way that I could financially support myself and stay in Des Moines and there's a project that presented itself in in um, Arizona that I will be going on to next month to, to work on that I can keep 
putting myself into. So like just me, like not being able to stay in one place is always difficult for my romantic and sexual interests. But yeah, I just like, how did, I, I guess, how did you, how did you deal with that when I dropped the news on you on a, like a really bad time? Yeah, you, um, it was after like the Drake Relays concert and I was kind of drunk, not very, but just like white wine drunk, which is very specific drunk. You had like two sips of my little bottle, but okay. We both, we had two and I had like a whole thing and I'm a lightweight, but, and the point is I, I struggled a lot with it because I spent a lot of time being annoyed that I would finally find somebody to date and then they're just they were just almost completely unavailable to me after a very short period of time because i've spent a lot of time being like should i just stop this so that i stop feeling sad like <laughs> like i don't know i've um what i've done is i've just thought about like the fact that i still have a you know a future here in iowa and outside of iowa and i'm still like there are a lot of great people to meet that I will still have great experiences with. And then it doesn't just have to end with you leaving. I think, oh God, I think, I think I've spent a lot of time also just like shoving my emotions down with this because I've also been like annoyed at myself for feeling them. I need to actually just like let my emotions surface so that I don't resent you at all for leaving. Uh, and so that, I don't feel like I so that I get closure when you do leave because we I mean we're still gonna be in each other's lives in some small way like you might come back to Iowa in August like I'll probably like be in New York doing stuff after I get my bachelor's mm -hmm. and like not only being okay with how it's going but like enjoying how it's going yeah sort of living in the moment mm -hmm. and and I will I mean like I obviously wanted to tell you like as soon as I knew that I wasn't going to be here and could tell that you were like pretty upset about that fact at first but like I didn't want to deal with it in the moment because I know you had to process your emotions well I think I think what I was upset about in in that moment was not that you were leaving but it was that you were about to be so much happier somewhere else and I like that was my perception and so I was just like I was just like being really passive aggressive because I, I just thought you like weren't going to miss me at all. And be, like the thing, the, another a flip side to polyamory is that I was like, this is, you were just here for like a job and you were just going there for a job. So you might find something exactly like this somewhere else. And I didn't, I had to rem remind myself that I like, you don't owe me anything, but I, I felt like you did at that moment and that was why I got so mad yeah and I can I totally understand that because it sort of takes a, a degree of unlearning the like monogamous um, model of a relationship which is that it should end in a marriage and last a life or like if it doesn't it has to go down in this like really intense breakup and there's a lot of emotions and then you just don't talk to the person again I know too many people who who like have unfortunately had that experience where they just like have a breakup and then it's like oh my god this person like needs to be completely removed from their life mm -hmm. and i like never believe that that's a healthy thing to do and i think it's always just like me learning like how to sort of ease the transition because there does need to be a transition when you're not intimate anymore with someone and 
I mean, obviously talking about it as much as possible helps that. And like, you know, just like enjoying our time together while we can. Um, I just, yeah, it's, it's, it's always, it's always difficult. It's always like, I feel like I've been through this a couple of times before because I've not really lived in one place for a very long time and like develop a really strong emotional bond with usually like even though I'm polyamorous just it's usually just with one person and then maybe have like a couple side flings but it's not that intense with the, as, it, as, as it is with the one person and I will say that like you've helped me emotionally so much adjust to Des Moines and like being very alone like living alone for the first two months when I thought like I'd be coming and be like warm it was it was freezing cold I couldn't use my bikes I was like walking everywhere I didn't have a car and I just like felt very very isolated so like I definitely treasured like our little moments together it's not like I want things to end but I have to be realistic at the same time and be open with you that like it, it could it could pick up again in the future it's just like you, I don't know you also shouldn't like expect that it will to this degree like it will ever be like the same as it is right now I, I've made the mistake before of like telling someone that we're not like not going to be together and then like their emotions are not dealt with in the way that they need to whereas like I'm more able to move on I think because that's just like how I've lived my life of like moving so much um and like able to able to distance myself from those strong emotions that i know like I, i'm learning like not everyone is like that i guess well uh, first of all like i feel like another part of that of the heteronormative model is like like when you watch tv like relationships on tv or in movies or in literature both people are always stationary <laughs> like there are not very many storylines about people who move around a lot for work and that is a lot of like a, a lot of people have to move around for work and can't just like spend a lot of their time fostering one like one relationship with somebody in one place in response to the whole like it's it's not gonna like start up the same way again I think like earlier this week I was thinking a lot about that <clears throat> and about how um when you're like in New Mexico and then Mexico this summer or Arizona it's like we're we're probably gonna keep in contact in some way but like it's it would be a lot of work to like Skype each other every day and that kind of thing and not only that but like I'm going to Italy in July and so we'll both be in foreign places that we've never really been to before at all and that will take its its own amount of like emotional strength and time dealing with and I, it's naive to think that you can't have good experiences with people who are already near you. So like when you're gone this summer, there will still be experiences to be had here in Des Moines. Also the, the idea of like having a mourning period, I feel like mm. is dumb and hetero and stuff. Yeah, and I want you to like obviously find yourself an Italian boyfriend and like have <laughs> fun there because you, oh my God, it's like so fun to date people who are not from the same country as you there's so much learning that you do all the time when that happens so if you like have that opportunity like go for it fuck and yeah i just like I, again and i also just like don't expect you to to not also be looking around now like obviously <laughs> knowing that i'm here for literally a week and a half more 
I would obviously still like to keep in touch with you and like hear about, I mean, like whatever you're up to and like your intimate relationship. <laughs> I think we've gotten good at like talking about like our, our hookups, like while we've been together yeah, and that's yeah. fun. I love that. It's just like so much fun hearing these stories because you're like, you're able to sort of let down your guard to a degree. I mean, we're, mm. I mean, we're still like intimate now, so there's only so much you can say, but I think like, is there? Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. But I mean, like after after we're not in the same place, I think it'll be even easier for us to like sort of talk about that stuff. Maybe not immediately, but we can like open up more because there's no expectation that like, oh, we're going to like see each other and like hook up uh, um, yeah, the yeah. next day or whatever, like mm -hmm. right away. Like it'll I think it'll become easier in a way to just have those conversations and mm -hmm. learn from each other, like keep learning from each other. Like I'm just thinking about this Christopher Isherwood book that I'm reading right now. It's called Christopher and His Kind. By the way, it, Christopher Isherwood is kind of a sucky person in a couple ways, but I just think about the way that he talks about his friendships with other gay men and how they're all right. They're all authors. So they're all like traveling just around Europe and in America and stuff. And they never really get to see each other very often, but the respect that they all have for one another and just like the mutual understanding never goes away. Even if contact ceases for a long amount of time. Like, I just really like how he talks about characters in his life, just popping back up again after 10 years. And it's, it's not like this cataclysmic life shift. It's just like happens. Like people just, come and go and th and that's fine i just think about it like that it's it's a very glamorous way to think about it because it's like we're both just you know artists and our our gifts are demanded in a lot of places we just we just have to go where they need us <laughs> yeah yeah that's a funny way to think of it and i so appreciate that you like read books for pleasure because that's something that i haven't even been doing lately and i'm like annoyed that i haven't just because i've been like i have plenty of times just like god damn like why am i not reading books because <laughs> i'm not like forcing myself to i'm like watching movies and that sort of thing but yeah literature is such a great way to see these other ways of being with people that tv doesn't show us for instance or even movies sometimes fail like mainstream mm -hmm. movies and just show us this one-sided way to have a relationship with someone that usually does not work turning it into a friendship which like i i, I gotta have friendships i gotta i gotta have friends in different places like <laughs> i don't know like gay friends is it's just so important to have them and to be able to talk openly about stuff that you can't talk about openly with other friends you know yeah i think you've taught me a lot about like still being able to have a lot a lot of emotions in a friendship if that makes sense because i feel like with a lot of my friendships before there's a cutoff where you can't like especially with people that i could be romantic with where i can't be too intimate with them because that might lead to you know us being too invested in each other emotionally or like ruining professional relationships and all that kind of thing and i think that now i can go forward and i have even deeper friendships with people because there's not as much of a strict line between friendship and like romantic attachment yeah no that's a great way to put it i think we've um i think we've said enough about this topic yeah so um, I wonder if they'll ever, like, I feel like I'd be really good at NPR. Just, just have a segment on there. Like my voice is just so soothing. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? 
Hello, podcast world. Oh, this is like a- some ASMR shit right here. Yeah. And like, oh, damn. I-, I mean, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fine. You're good at that. Okay. Good. <laughs> All right, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. So here's the thing. I think I just forget how, like, I'm younger than you a lot of the time because I'm 19 you're 23 you don't forget it a lot uh, I would I mean hold on I I don't forget it when I visit you at your college and like meet your friends and that's that I'm reminded it then but like when we're just hanging out together I do forget it mm-hmm. and uh, like I I had a moment like just there we're like oh yeah that's right you are younger than me mm-hmm. it's like it's sometimes hard for me to tell because you're sophisticated in certain ways with like your opera shit that I just like can't really wrap my head around that you're so invested in this one very old school like I it definitely is what draws me to you in a way that you have this like intense passion for something and I I can really only be with people who have like that sort of intense passion and it's just helpful that it's something that I know nothing about and I'm like always fascinated and you're like so interested in showing me I'm learning anyway like continue well thank you thank you so much for saying that what I was gonna say was I I feel like I feel like you constantly have something to teach me and so I've I've really learned a lot about how to perceive the world around me and stuff at the same time though sometimes it can be a little bit frustrating for me because I'm trying to like be content with and live in like fully live in the world that I currently am in like physically here in Des Moines, Iowa and it, I find it hard to like appreciate where where I am when you don't really like the way that Des Moines does things and it's not it's not so much that I think that Des Moines is the perfect place because I am so excited to move to a bigger city after I uh, graduate undergrad. It's just like, I just want you to know that I also have experienced the places that you have experienced and I'm not completely blind to what they offer. I just don't want to like hate my experience. <laughs> my hate my existence right now because I'm in Des Moines I have a degree to finish you know I have family here it's not naivete that is motivating me staying here yeah yeah I totally understand that I think I think I, I we talked about this a few days ago where I was like I had such high expectations for my time in Des Moines and like what the city would hold for me because I went to school in Grinnell and like form like these deep connections with all these people and Grinnell is just such a wonderful little town that it's 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 almost like such the opposite of New York City where I'm from that I I grew so attached to it in a way like I hated it at first but it took a year and then I was like oh my god I love this place it's like (laughs) it's so cozy whatever there's all these cool people here all that and so I, I sort of like projected that onto Des Moines where I was like oh it's gonna be very similar I'll be close enough to Grinnell that I'll visit a lot, that sort of thing. And and I sort of got to the point where I was like craving, like just getting out of the city and going somewhere else. And and so, yeah, I think I didn't realize how much I was doing it early on with you, but like, like voicing my frustrations with the city of Des Moines because of like my situation and like me not there was a period where I literally had nothing to do and like did not have a job and was like why am I still here I could be in New York I could be I could immediately I could be connecting with all these people and like the fields that I want to go in like every video thing is in New York like why am I in Des Moines still and I like forced myself to like sort of deal with these thoughts and like 
um, I think it might have come out in the wrong way where I was like too negative towards the physical place when it should have been like more like my situation and like my frustration with not like having work there and like not having enough to do. But I really appreciated like all my time that I was just like alone thinking like for the most part. Mm-hmm. And um, even though like I maybe explored as much as I could of the physical bounds of the city, well, there's always more that I can explore. Like I'd never explore the whole thing. I've been to the art museum until I showed it to you. So yeah, that's true. That's, <laughs> that's true. And, and that was like around the time where I was like shitting on <laughs> Des Moines a lot. But I, you know, I, I've learned now that it's like, that's just, it's too one-sided. Like I can't, I can't just mm-hmm. be like, it's not, the place for me well i i've now since then i've made these connections like the people i'm working with now the bold iowa people in the climate march they're incredible they like locally source their own food they have chickens in their backyard and grow this huge garden there's like constantly people coming in and out of the the house like just like all these random musicians and people like all right cool like this this is the community that i was missing before when i was living alone in like this massive apartment had no furniture and was like didn't have wi-fi or anything i was really frustrated back then Mm -hmm. and yeah i just i guess i just projected that a lot on the physical place more than i should have when it was like more my situation Mm -hmm. and because i'm from new york whereas though a lot of my new experiences a lot of my all of my sexual progression and like up until like end of high school i had no like sexual encounters like battling like oh i'm not gay you know that sort of thing like it took me coming to a place like grinnell to really open up and i I guess i was projecting too much of that i'm talking too much now about des moines (laughs) this is really eye-opening for me because i don't think i knew how much of it was like directed at your specific situation because i i can like after i realized kind of how unhappy you were with how a lot of things were going here in des moines I tried to like be more empathetic to you because like a lot of the thing, a lot of the experiences that I am getting just by being a college student, like all the built in friends that I have in my halls and in my classes and stuff and all of the, like the copious amount of work that I am always given to do. You don't have either of those things. So it's just like me stepping back and realizing that the perception of Des Moines that you're getting frustrated with is like the one that you are in contact with and not like you've done everything there is to do in the city and you're like this is this is a trash place all these people are dumb in a way in an interesting way it sort of forced me to be more attentive to you and like like me being able to voice this all to you was sort of a product of like where I was at in my head and I think if like both of us had met in New York it would have been a lot harder for me to like give my attention to you because there's like a million people in New York and I would just be like all over the place like like I tend to be when I'm in New York like just like hanging out with all these random new people well I don't even do that that much I, I will say like because I'm with because I live with my parents and like I don't you know I'm I'm very much like going back into uh my younger mentality of like just being comfortable being more comfortable not experimenting as much as I do like while I'm out here because I'm distant from my where I grew up and like my parents and all that 
And so like, even I would say like, there's always going to be like a certain perception you have of a city. And there are so many parts of Des Moines I never, never explored. Like a lot of the immigrant communities there, there's so many immigrants in Des Moines I keep hearing about, I keep mm-hmm. learning about. And like, how many of them did I meet? Barely any, I would say. Like, I don't know anything about that sort of life or like various other neighborhoods outside of downtown where I am. And the same is true in New York. Like, I have this still very single impression of New York, knowing that I'm surrounded by people from all over the world, literally. But the people that I actually interact with tend to be very similar in a way. So that that shapes my impression of the place that I'm in, in a way. Yeah, I think that the fact that you have never been to either of our two um, barbecue slash chicken restaurants that have been featured on the Food Network means like that says a lot about. Okay, well, I don't, I don't eat meat, so. <laughs> what you? I thought. Unless it's locally raised and like, okay. like cooked for oh. me. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. I don't eat. I don't order meat in restaurants. Is what I'm. I'm saying unless it's like expensive okay, farm local what i saw you eat eat meat the other day what was it that i saw you eat? um i do eat meat if it's free like if it's already like someone's leftovers and they're not going to eat it like i'll eat i've eaten claudia's meat before <laughs> i've eaten Cla- <laughs> i've eaten claudia's like pho with with pork in it because it was it was really good and it was cooked 